this to us. Take the hand of the person standing with you. It's one thing to um, go through sickness. It's another thing to go through grief at the same time. I'm, I, I give God the glory this morning for what he's done because what he's doing and what he did this morning is what it's wake up time for you to realize that this, what God has gifted you and it's not for you, it's for God to bless through you. And we practice in here, but we're going to actually, we practice in here, but we're going to actually perform out there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're practicing in here, but we're going to perform and God is going to show up and his kingdom will be known and he will be known. Amen? How many of you say amen? God, I'm a candidate. I want you to do it. I want you to do it. I'm going to do what I can to end this, uh, I shouldn't say end, conclude this series. I've been trying for a couple of weeks, so I'll see what I can do this week. <laughs> My daughter said, good luck with that. <laughs> but uh, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you that we recognize what your Holy Spirit is doing among us. We cooperate with what, he, what he's doing in us. We open our hearts to receive that we might have the right attitude the right frame of mind, the right ear to hear and obey you. Thank you, Lord, for taking your word, open it up to us like a movie. Show us what you want us to see. Then show us ourselves. And may we walk in this prophetic word. In Jesus' name. God's people said amen. Clap your hands to him, amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. For all of you that are, that are visiting with us for the first time, or maybe you first or second time, we applaud you. We give thanks for all of you that decided to just be with us in these coming days. It's been, it's been amazing how the Lord has just helped us. And, um, and for those of you who have declared your, your membership, those of you that know that God is joining you to this body of Christ, I want to... I want to welcome you to your family. This is family. Amen. Look left, look right. Meet your cousins, your uncles, <laughs> your nieces, <laughs> your brothers, your sisters. It's true. Um, and because family is so important in the scheme of what God is doing in his kingdom, family only becomes family Relationships only become what they're supposed to become. When critical conversations take place, when the truth is exchanged between the two, when God brings back together what was separated, what was angry, what was ill toward each other, when God removes that ill, when he removes the anger, when he takes away, when he, he, when he pushes out of the way the block and the hindrance, and brings them back together again. It's a beautiful thing, and heaven is revealed, and the kingdom of God actually comes forth. It's one reason why the Satan works hard against, he works overtime keeping you apart from those that you love and those that love you. He starts that separation at birth many times. He continues that separation when mom and dad don't see eye to eye 
and they call it quits and they call it divorce. In the scripture you can read with the Bible says God hates divorce. And even Jesus who gave the law and reason for divorce doesn't mean he doesn't mean he loves it. Have you ever thought about that? I grew up, oh, forgive me, but I can't do nothing about this, but I grew up in the late 40s, in the early 50s. Okay, I was born in 48. I quit apologizing for that. I, I didn't think it was a gift. I think it's a gift because I can still see. Hallelujah. I have perspective. But isn't it crazy the amount of divorces that are happening now? You make it a year, you're considered a hero. It's worse than that, actually. This present generation is not that up on marriage. It's a we want to get married. How many of you can sit here today, how many of you sit here today can say that there's been something between my brother, my blood brother, my sister, my cousin, sometimes even mom and dad, just something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, now what's, really, what's really wild about this, God's concept of family is, is dominion and, 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 and des destiny unfolds in family. Even wealth, he makes a declaration. Wealth is accumulated by family. Lasting, enduring wealth only endures because a family endures. He told Abraham, I'm going to bless all of the world is going to be blessed because of your family, Abraham. I've been talking about this the last six to seven weeks because I have a conviction that God is now ready to bring what was separated together again and perform what he's declared the family of God to be, the salvation in the world, his salvation in the world. So this story about Joseph that I'm attempting to end today is <laughs> about God's genius, God's power, God's absolute sovereignty, God's ability to work in spite of folks' foolishness. And what God wants, the will of God, he will have it. Now, he set it up to the only ones he will have it through have to say, yes, I do too. But some people say, well, well I don't really care about you, God. So you, they just don't get to participate. But the will of God shall come forth. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. It shall happen. The kingdom of God is coming forth, and everybody shall behold it. Young, old, every kindred tongue, every race will know who he is. Oh, yeah. Don't feel like that in America right now. 
Know God, we don't even know what a male and a female is. Are you serious? Well, God's got a plan. Look at this. God's got a plan. You know, God knows how to wake you up. See, he knows how to wake you up. One of the ways he wakes you up, just allow a crisis to come. <laughs> trouble come. But you know, when trouble comes, people change. Hello. Something real arrogant before trouble comes. This story, I believe, is prophetic because of the times and the seasons in which we live. And this guy, this kid, Joseph, does at that time the youngest son of his father, Jacob, hated by his brothers, loathed. I mean, they, I'm going to kill you, hatred. Y'all hear what I'm saying? This is the Bible. That we're going to kill him. That kind. God allows it. God shows us the picture. Some of you may have even been in that very position. You might be nothing but the grace of God that you're alive today. Growing up where you grew up and, and among whom you grew up and your circumstances and situations. The, the mistakes of your mom and dad or your no dad or your rarely there mom or both of them not there. Your pain. Most people carry the pain of their childhood through their life. Unless they meet Jesus, unless they get delivered, they can carry that pain to the death. But in this story, the Lord shows us with Joseph what he can do with somebody who's been rejected. That old song we used to sing, I, I know you, you can rehearse it with me. I've been lied on, cheated, talked about mistreated. I've been buked, scorned, talked about show as you're born. I've been up. How many of you said this is my song? <laughs> I've been on level to the ground. Joseph is a type. I do believe that many of you fit his description. By the time he's accused by the time he's falsely accused, that last time, having been sold, accused of adultery, and he never, never, he, he, in fact, he, he was protecting, Joseph was protecting the honor of his master. Protecting the honor of his master while being falsely accused by his wife. Wow. They sell him. Instead of kill, thank God they didn't kill him, but they sold him. And you know the story. He's in jail. And he's in jail for a long time. By the way, when they sold him, he was 17 years old. By the time God decides it's time for him to come out of jail, between 17 and 30, a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of water went under the bridge. How many of you are, how many of you are hearing what I'm saying? A lot of negative stuff happened. So last week, when Joseph figures out, well, I know he gave me a dream. I know he gave me an assignment in the future. But it's too painful to think about that thing due to my present circumstances. Like many of you, God has put his dream and vision and, and even assignment in your heart. But because of pain, because of disappointment, because of false accusation, 
It's like you don't know, you can't do nothing to make that thing happen. And so it was, he was there. After that, after that last attempt to, to, to <laughs> interpret the dream of the cupbearer and the baker, you know what he said. I think I said it four times. Holla at your boy when you see Pharaoh. A lot of us try to get over or get above or get out by somebody else's failure. And the cupbearer was not God and the baker was not God. God took the memory, took it out of his mind. So two more, 24 months, more months in jail. He was in charge in jail, but he's still in jail. And he still got pain. It, it, you, know, the, you know, when you are hurt by your family or hurt close by close friends, you, even though you cover it and you do what you do, something will always come to bring it back up. I believe that's the pain God wants to heal. I believe that's the thing in you God wants to take care of that thing. That false accusation. The enemy blaming, the enemy blaming everybody else for something that happened. And you, you just, the enemy will even blame God. Oh, yeah. Make you ill toward God because you know God, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't deserve this mess. You, you call it something else. But I don't deserve it. <laughs> If you're really, if you're righteous, holy, how in the world could you let this happen to me? I like what Frank Turek said, what if good things happen to bad people? Why doesn't a good God stop the bad things happening? Because if God stops all the bad things happening in the world, he has to start with you. And me. God is righteous. God is good. But God, but he got a plan you can't always see. He doesn't show you everything up front. It's like reading a novel. Don't jump to the end of the novel and read to see what the end going to be. Don't do that. Read the thing so you can live through the mystery. Live through the pain. Live through the joy. Live through the rejoicing. <laughs> That's the way it is in life. You got to see what the end is going to be. Look at your name and say, I'm going to see what the end's going to be. So, oh, thanks. So, you know what's really crazy to me is how he gets at this, he gets at this point that he's given up. Like some of us have given up on the thing that we know is great that God wants to do. Some of us have been duped into believing that we've done so much wrong until God can't possibly finish his awesome, righteous, holy work in us. Tap your name and say, that's a lie. Some of you have given up in believing God will do the great thing because you know how bad you are. Oh, yeah, some people think, well, you know, good God, you know, hey, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I you know me. 
and God knows you. But I promise you, my friend, if it scares the hell out of you, so be it. I, I promise you, God knows you enough to know exactly what button to turn to help you to turn you right side up. Amen. In fact, some of you right here today might get that button pushed today when you realize, oh, my God. And you, and you find yourself saying, God, God, find yourself broken. Find yourself in an encounter, which is why I, how I wanted to end this today. Find yourself in an encounter with the living God that transforms you inside. Where are we going to find the man who has the God spirit in him? Where are we going to find the man as wise as this? Pharaoh said, in the company of all his magistrates, all his seers, all his prophets, who could not tell him his dream, had to go to jail to get somebody to tell his dream. And here comes Joseph out of the dungeon, out of the darkness, out of the, uh, of the place of dismay and, and oh Lord, and, and, actual, and, and, and confusion about all that. Joseph just puts all that back, and not, next thing you know, he's, he's standing in front of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, I heard you could, t I heard you could interpret dreams. Now you know God doing something inside of Joseph instead of saying, holla at your boy. He said, is that you? He said, Pharaoh, be clear. Let me be, let me be clear, Pharaoh. It is God that has the interpretation. Ooh. For many of you whom, whose skills, gifts, and talents, God is calling on. When you have the opportunity, and it will come, if it's not come already, it, it, it will come. Well, you have, to, you have to display this thing God has done inside of you. And you can stick your chest out and act like you're the one. Or you could give the honor where the honor is due. And by giving the honor to where the honor is due, God, is, God then knows he knows what to do with you. He can't, he can't promote you until you promote him. So, so those of you who are ashamed of Jesus, oh, we know, I know you can raise him. I know you can praise him in here. Some of y'all still have a little, you, you know, you don't feel comfortable. You don't feel comfortable, you know, about, you know, <laughs> you, don't, you don't feel comfortable. And we're, and we're not, you know, as a, as a local church normally, we're not as radical as some local churches where they just fly out, you know, they swing up the chandeliers and everything, you know. So we, 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 we you know, yeah. So the, some of you still have a little problem, you know, so, you know, you see people, you know, oh, they can just, oh, oh, they, you know, it's like, mm, mm. If you are ashamed to own him, if you are ashamed to own him, the time will come when you will be in the presence of others. When you have to make him known. Joseph said, it's God that does this. And here's the interpretation. And Pharaoh is beside himself. Pharaoh fires everybody else. Creates an office for him. Makes him the viceroy of Egypt. Puts his ring on Joseph's finger. Hello? Puts Pharaoh's chain around Joseph's neck. Hello. Puts him in the second chariot. Gives him guards. Gives him a secret service around him. 
Oh, yeah, he does. It makes it clear that he said, all of, all of Egypt, no man will raise a foot or raise his hand except by you, Joseph. What? What? I don't think Joseph was like, I know that's right. Hey! What it is. I don't think Joseph was bragging about it at all. I don't think there was any of that in him at all. I think all of that had been worked out in jail. And some of you have been in a kind of prison, trapped where you are, can't move, can't go up, can't, you can't do anything. And because God's trying to get your attitude right. So when he does raise you, you don't blow it. Are you there, saints? So when we look at Joseph and we see him dressed in all the glory and all the array, we know that that glory that covers him, woo-wee, is covering a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of discipline, a lot of dark nights, a lot of tears. God does not, God is not slack concerning his promises. He knows exactly what he has planned for you. That's why you've got to stay the course, baby. That's why you can't punk out, sir, just because it's tough. That's why you can't quit, even though you're under a lot of pressure. Why? Because God will keep his promise no matter what the circumstances. He will be glorified by the circumstances. Those circumstances will sing his praise and his glory when he raises you up and puts you in the place that he wants to. And I promise you, sir, I promise you, ma'am, he will do it. Stay the course. Stay the course. Don't you dare, don't you dare. They did it too much and they're talking about me. Really? Every time I talk about this, by the way, people look at me strange. <laughs> like, how can you know this? So he's carrying out. By the way, he has a mission. Pharaoh says, Hey, Egypt, when, it, when Pharaoh speaks, all of Egypt listens or all of Egypt dies. Because life and death in the land was in the, the tongue, power of the tongue of Pharaoh. Let's make, make it clear. He said, all of y'all, this is my voice. Oh, this is big right here. This, 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 this is awesome right here. Excuse me, I need you, sir. This, 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 this is nasty big right here. Tell John stay, say that. So, so Pharaoh said, when he opened his mouth, I'm speaking. What? In other words, it, it, those who are in Egypt had to change their attitude about, I mean, he might have looked a little different, probably not much different, but he had to look a little different because he was Hebrew. He wasn't Egyptian. But when Pharaoh said, uh, you don't breathe. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, in the army, we used to, we used to say something else. You can't go take a, and, unless, unless I tell you, you know, you, you know. You, you. <laughs> Who ever been in the army? <clears throat> Anybody ever been in the army? 
Anybody been in the military at all? Yeah. See, that's what's, that's what, that's what's wrong. Y'all don't know. That's right. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. You've been in the military. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You know, in the military, when you sign up, you, you know, you take the oath, and uh, you know, literally no longer belong to yourself. You're literally. They own your own. Literally. Uh, the United States owns your body. No, no, really. For real. No, really, right. And so when, they, when the sergeant say, uh, says, sir, sergeant said, yes, sir. He said, may, may, may the prophet be relieved, sir. If the prophet don't say you relieved, you can't relieve. Sorry, y'all don't get it. Anyway. So Pharaoh says, uh, no, nobody in Egypt will move a hand or foot without this man's instructions. Whatever he does, you, you, you do it. So, so can you imagine that all this time Pharaoh was given the command and all of this, and at this point he changes it and he says, no, this, and everybody who hears Pharaoh says it, say it, they rise up to make sure that his word is good. So I'm sorry, this is, this, this is kingdom I'm talking about right now. This is what happens in heaven. Did you not know that? Oh, you're looking at me strange. When God speaks a word, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. When God speaks a word, um, the angels rise up to carry out that word. And then when God does something even crazier, God decides that he has created he, uh, uh, sons and daughters, and their job is whenever he speaks a word, because they are so much in love and in touch with him, that whatever he says, it, it gets manifested through the sons and daughters, because they're they are actually responsible to make sure that the word that God has spoken becomes alive and present. Look at your brother, look at your sisters. You, you've forgotten who you are. Maybe you don't know who you are. How else would the word of God be made known in, uh, to the nations? How else would the word of God be made known to the systems? It's you. Look at your name and say, you the one. You the one. Tap, the, tap your name and say, you the Joseph. Some of you have not got it. That's who the church of Jesus Christ is. That's what God intended us to be. We are Joseph in the world. We, we make sure that what the king edicts, whatever he declares, that thing shall be. First among us. And then he Powers us to make it happen among others. That's why I don't divorce my wife because that's not that's not the kingdom. The reason why I stay with her and will because the kingdom of God demands that. That's covenant. That's kingdom. That's why. That's why I don't abuse my kids because the kingdom dictates how a father should act with their their their, their sons and daughters. Uh, 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 are you okay? Okay, good. So that's why, that's why, that's, that is the reason why, man, that's the reason why I discipline my, my, my children. Uh, I keep, well, it's different nowadays, but I, I you know, I had a discipline, particularly this one. Amen. <laughs> Ooh, but look at him now. <laughs> <laughs> because our job is to make the word of the king alive make it known 
That's why we live the way we live. That's why we parent the way we parent. That's why we love the way we love. That's why we don't have four partners. We don't have three partners. We don't have two partners. Hello, somebody. Because his love is single. His love is absolute. His love, his love is pure. His love is kind. His love is gentle. His love is faithful. His love is loyal. That's why when I get married, I want to marry somebody like that so we can, we can demonstrate that. We can demonstrate. We can demonstrate. We can demonstrate what it is, what it is that when you get old, love is still good. Amen. And when you, and when you, when love is good and really good, 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 then, then, then when, it, when it's really, really, really good, what happens is what comes, what comes out of love, what comes out of love is a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! No, oh, that mercy. It's a beautiful thing. Ain't no craziness coming out of real love. Ain't no confusion coming out of real love. Ain't no gender mix-up coming out of real love. I wish somebody would talk to me. Oh, no, it's real clear. I was, I'm the guy that said, son, that's your, that's your sister. You got that, she got that. You, you, she, her. That's what you do. She sit down, you stand up. I'm sorry, anyway. You, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Oh, there wasn't no confusion. It was real simple. Real clear. We make the word of the king a lie. People see it. They can't even believe it. That's your daughter. Yes. That's your son. Yeah. When, 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 when you live out the king's edict, and no matter how bad the situation was before time, <laughs> It don't make no difference because that's not the end of the story. God knows what the end of the story is. He knows what it's going to be. So what happens when you, when, you, when, you, when you live out the king's, when you live out his life, it ends up with, oh, my God. And, and if you can see the children, oh, my Jesus. That's what we are. That's why I say you're, you are Joseph. By the way, thank you. Thank you. That, by the way, they gave Joseph. You can clap. That's good. They gave, uh, they gave them, they gave Joseph, Pharaoh said, now Joseph, you're my in command, you're my, you're my word for Egypt, but uh, you, I can't have you running around here with no woman. Are you guys there? Yeah, so he said, I can't have you running around here with no woman. So, so. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm finagling right now. You know, I'm looking, I'm finagling right now, right? <laughs> I'm trying to find, I'll find him in a minute. So you got, you can't be running around here. So now you, you, you know, you're young, you're talented, handsome, strong, smart, gifted. But you can't be without no woman. So Pharaoh said, you need a wife. You know, I'm really finagling right now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> said, wait a minute. She said, I'm not going to make it to the end, but I'm, I'm, I'm for me. <laughs> Where'd he go? He might be with the kids. 
That's what, I bet you that's what separated. I'll get it next time. No, Grandpa. So you can't be there without, you can't be without a wife. So he takes Joseph and he, he, he gives him a wife. And, and, and obviously he must have been okay with Joseph because he, he, didn't, he didn't say no. <laughs> I'm sorry, forgive me, but I, I know this is, for some may feel like it's stretching a little bit, but it is true that there was a time when prearranged marriages worked better than the mess they got going on right now. Ooh, that's real. That's, ooh. You know, hey, I, hey, don't be, don't, don't be hating. Some of y'all didn't choose that good. You didn't choose good. You, you chose out of madness. You chose out of, I'm going to get my parents back. I, you know, and I'm going to do what I want. And I'm going to do what I please. I'm a grown A woman. Yeah, 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 I know. You know, and you made a choice. And guess what? Pop, pop. <laughs> pop goes a weasel. Lord have mercy. <laughs> it didn't do good at all. Okay. So Joseph now is in charge. God has blessed him. He said, I'm going to give you two kids. And I'm gonna, I, I want you to name your kids according to your heart. I said, Lord, I want to thank you that you, you, you made me forget my pain in the past. I, I, I want to thank you because you, you, uh, you, you've, 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 you've unfolded for me another destiny. That brings us to where we are. Joseph was doing absolutely incredible. He wasn't bearing, by the way, when pain is hidden, you don't, you don't feel it until something brings it up. So he was successful enough. There was enough joy in his life till it got pushed down. He had to worry about it, right? And he's got a wife now. He's got two children. The whole nation is obeying him. All the nation's fruitfulness in his first seven years, they took that 20% of all the crops, put it up, uh, 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 sealed it up for all the surrounding cities, put guards over it. Hmm. And Joseph feels, he feels safe. By the way, the, the new level of the word I don't feel safe. I kind of, kind of hate the way it's gone right now. When people say I don't feel safe, uh, which you know, we remind me we got to preach about this feeling safe stuff because you know there's some stupidity about this feeling safe stuff. Because your kids are not supposed to feel safe when they act crazy. <laughs> Thank you, baby. I appreciate that so much. You understand exactly what I'm talking about. When your when your kids act crazy, they they supposed to get scared. That when your when your kids act a fool, they ain't supposed to feel safe. Gina, what is that? What is that in us? We took that phrase out of the culture, and and, and elevated our feelings above fact, our feelings above the word of God. Well, when you talk that way, I don't feel safe. Well, you idiot, if you hadn't done what I. See, I know what this is, because when that, when, that, when that rascal God gave you, 
is acting crazy and you see it because it was you. <laughs> that means you can see what they can't. So now they're they acting crazy and you, you pull out that switch or that belt or whatever it is and you go to work. They ain't supposed to feel safe. They're supposed to act like, she gonna kill me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for all the generation that hears this and believes me. I just want to apologize for the whelps on your behalf that you're going to get. But I, I, but, I, but I also want to say to you, and if you stay the course, you'll find out that those whelps were, were actually made with love and, and, and shaped, shaped, you, shaped you up and, and, and took care of that mess in you and allowed you to be, and go, be who you are and go where you can go. And I just thank God for parents who don't parent by their feelings or the feelings of their children. Lord, help us. Remind me, we got to talk about that feeling mess. That's some idiotic stuff. We got grown people say, well, you know, Bishop, you know, when you say those things, that don't really feel safe. <laughs> Hear them and you'll feel safe later. Receive them and do what is right. And, and, and by the Bible says you do what's right and God is with you. God will help you. God will give you grace. God will give you dominion. He'll give you power. Give you, Lord, have mercy. But if you're going to do what's wrong, if you're going to do what's wrong, be scared. Policemen. <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 I'll leave it. Okay. <laughs> you know what a policeman's for? Police. A police is, is for both things. Terror. T-E-R, why do you spell terror? Terror, like terrorist. The, re the reason for police is for terror and promotion. The police, all they want to do right, they feel safe around policemen. Why are they looking at me like I lost my mind, bro? What is it? Look at when the when the popo come around and you run like oh you know <laughs> I want to know what you've been doing what you what you did you you know you guilty when listen the idea here's what the Bible says the the, the scripture says the the policeman the officer of God he's an officer of God because of his authority so when you do what is right when you do look tell you never when you do what is right. You feel safe. You get praise. When you do what is wrong, you get punished. So you can always tell where you are about this feeling safe stuff by what authority is around. So I'm, I, I love policemen. Really, I do. Some policemen, just like every profession, don't do what's right. But the God I serve is going to get that right. But the, our culture right now is trying to make us feel unsafe when the, when the very agency to keep us safe comes around. How, what kind of foolishness is that? Y'all been watching too much TV. Am I right? 
Y'all been watching too much TV. You have not. Would you please remind me, bring this back up, and I'm going to bring you all the real statistics. You're going to say, Bishop, I can't believe it. Then I'll give you my sources, and you'll see. You'll figure out, oh, my God, he was telling us the truth. When a policeman comes around, I, just wanna, I mean, I want to shake their hands. I mean, I, I love I want to look at their weapons. Yeah, I hope it's loaded. And I hope you ain't got no Mickey Mouse bullets in it. Had no more hollow points. That's spread out. See, when you hit that booger, he know he's been hit. So what can you, why can you say that? Because if my family is in trouble and I call, Lord have mercy, and, and we need some power, hello somebody, and, and, and then I, I don't want them coming around shooting 22, I want a boom, I want them blowing stuff away. Well, I didn't mean to get into all that, but still, I, what, I, what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> okay. So Joseph, he got all kind of, he, he got, you know, Joseph got power. He got bullets. I mean, he, he speaks out of his mouth, boom, it's done. And he's covered. His pain is he's, he's in as much joy as he can be with his own children his own lifestyle. We know that because he named Manasseh. You know, you made me forget my pain. You made me forget the trouble of my past. But saints, one day, Joseph's going through his normal, his, his normal routine, and here comes his brothers. Down from Canaan, down to Egypt, because Egypt was the only place that had food. Two years into the harvest, in, 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 into the famine, excuse me, two years into the harvest, they come down to get food because they're going to die if they don't get food because they can't grow nothing in the land. But they found, oh, there's seed here. There's food here. So the daddy said, go on, go on, down, go on down to Egypt and get some food. And they went down. And, you know, they, they, and when Joseph sees them, he... I think it's like for many of us when we see the, our past enemy. The test comes on us right there, don't it? You, when, you, when you're back at the family reunion and you, and, and, and you see that person and you got secrets between the two, you, nobody knows, you know, you try to tell what, what happened, but nobody believe you. And you see them and it's like, I'm, I'm convinced why a lot of people don't go to family reunions these days. I, I'm convinced that's why Eastern Christmas are the highest rates of suicide. Because when families come back together, all that mess comes up. It's not been healed. God hasn't breathed on it. God hasn't made, it, made them whole. Sure enough, they show up and he, he, he messes with them. Puts their money back in their sacks as, and the grain and acts like Joseph makes them feel like they're the thieves. So when Joseph's men get some, they say, no, 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 sir, no, we could never, no, no, no. They start telling everything, oh, no, no, we can't do, no, no, we can't, oh, no, we, we're not thieves, no, no, we, we're not spies, no, we just came to buy some, you know, and, and, and <laughs> 
Okay, all right, if, you, if it's true what you say, you got a father and all these people back there, you go back and get them and you leave him with me. Oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. We, we can't do that because the first brother, you know, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> he did. And my, dad, my daddy, he says, I can't leave. I, well, we can't leave this guy. He said, if you're telling the truth, bring him back. By the time they get back, to the father and they eat the grain and they don't want to go back to face that Joseph again. They're thinking, well, all right, we go, father said, go buy some more grain. We're going to die if we don't. And that time when they come, Joseph, his heart is stirred because he is stirred of all those memories. Have you, have you ever had that? You had that encounter with that person or that situation comes up again by the way that if, if, it's, if it's in your heart, if it ever hurts you, it'll come up again. And the reason why it comes up again because God wants to heal it. Tap your neighbor that God wants to heal that thing. He wants to heal that hurt and promote you. And so it is that Joseph, he's there and he sees them coming back. He prepares a meal for them. He sits them in the order of their birth. They don't know it's Joseph. But Joseph knows them. And when he set the table in his house, he set them exactly according to their birth order. How could this be? They were shocked. Joseph comes in. There's another table on the side for Joseph and his servants they don't sit directly at that table because the Egyptians could not stand shepherds. Even in the midst of that prejudice, God was working. Tap your neighbor and say, he's going to work in the midst of your prejudice too. Joseph is, he's, he can't take it. And God will bring you to this place, you know, you didn't expect that. You know, you don't expect that to come up out of you, you know. But that, you, you face that situation, and he can't take it, he can't, he can't take it. He, can't, he, he runs out the room. Oh, he's back in the back. It gets so bad. He gets, oh, and, and he can't, and everybody, Pharaoh's house hears Joseph crying. His pain is so deep. No matter how much money he has, no matter how much wealth he has, no matter, no matter how much authority he has, it, it does not supersede the pain. He put all the other Egyptians out of the room. There's nobody in the room left but him and his brothers. And, and he's broke down. Some of y'all, that's, that's what you need. You need that vulnerability again. In that, God brings healing. And he, he, he says, he, just, he, he says, I'm Joseph, whom you sold. You think you, he caused a problem. Reuben didn't know they sold him. All the other brothers, oh man. Oh, they looking at each other. Can you imagine looking at each other? You what? I'm Joseph. Come, come closer to me. I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold. And 
God has set me up in this place. And they, they are shocked. I, I do believe that what God does when critical conversations come, there's some shock treatment in the midst of it that many of you are need, need to be willing to work through. You, you need to be willing. You need to be willing to say, Lord, I will be, I will just, I will say what it is. Some of you need to be willing to admit. Some of you have to rehearse. This is interesting in this encounter with Joseph and his brothers. You have to be willing to admit the truth. You guys still with me? You have to be willing. And how do you admit the truth? Say it. This is a, this is a replay of Matthew 18. Go to your brother. Tell him his fault. And if he hears you, you won a brother. You have to be open. Some of you, some of you can't talk about the truth without tears because it hurts so bad. And when you rehearse the truth, it brings up the pain. But that's necessary in the encounter. So I, I want to I encourage you. What, do you. what do you do? You, you have the conversation. I know why you don't talk. Because you don't want <clears throat> to lose your demeanor. Composure. Y'all didn't hurt me. <laughs> Lie out your backside. Y'all didn't hurt me. <laughs> Some of y'all looking at me kind of serious. Because while I'm hoping to make you laugh a little bit, there's some tears down in here. Because you got to do that. You, you've been, look, God done gave you seven weeks to get this thing right. You're telling you why you think, why you think I'm still preaching? Because you didn't go do what you're supposed to do. You didn't have that critical conversation. You didn't look him in the eye and tell him exactly where you, when you said this to me, when you did this to me, when you betrayed me, when you took advantage of me, when you treated me like a thing, not a person, when you lied on me, when you spied on me, these are necessary for God to bring about all that he desires. What I want to encourage you with this today is Joseph did it. He said, look, guys, he's, he ran the whole story down to told He told everything. It's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide whether you're going to do this. That's how you get healed. God is a great arranger. He's the one that brings it up, brings a person, brings them in proximity. Put it on your heart, you can't sleep. I can't make a trip on the plane, so I'm going to zoom you. <laughs> I can't get on the plane and fly to you, so I'm going to zoom you. Put you on a zoom call. Because you need, you need that reconciliation. Joseph had perspective, by the way. Sometimes it takes you long enough to look at it from a 
to look at it in the rearview mirror to see the succession of events that have happened and where you are now. Some of you need that to, it, to properly interpret here what happened here. Many times when it happens and when, when all the negative rejection goes on in the beginning, you, you, you don't see it rightly. You don't understand what God, you have no idea what God was doing to Reuben and, and what he was doing to Judah, what he was doing to Simeon, what he was doing to them. They were going through process too. So by the time Joseph sees them, he couldn't control himself any longer. He put everybody out. And he had that, they had that serious conversation. They all cried. They all stand to my group hug. Lord, Jesus, you know, grown men, y'all. Shepherds, weeping, crying, knowing that they're family, that God had a purpose for them. Joseph made it clear. He said, you did this for my harm, but God let this happen for his purpose. And then he said that I might save you. And he wasn't looking at himself like a hero. He understood he was chosen to endure the pain. Did you hear what I said? Not that he was the hero. Not that he could, Lord, no, no, no. That was out of him. By the time God brings that thing back together, Joseph realized he did this because he wanted me to protect you. In fact, he uses this term uh, of the protection of the lineage. Did you know all of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was right there? The culmination of what had happened from Abraham to Joseph was right there in that whole family. 66 of them. 70 by the time they counted everybody. What you may not have understood is it in the 70, look at your neighbor and say, Jesus was there. Yeah, because Jesus came out of that lineage. He saved, he saved the Savior. What? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he was willing to endure that death, that, that, that crucifixion, that death, and then a resurrection to power. Because he was willing to walk through that and be obedient to God. He was there to save Christ who was in their lineage. I'm sorry that you don't get this, but some of you don't have an idea who you carry. Some of you have no idea who it is that God wants you to save. What are we going to do? I know, I know one thing. Joseph is just so tore up, he don't know what to do. But all he knows is that everything that I've risen to, all this wealth at my disposal, is because God, here's what God thinks about you. You are so precious, he's willing to take you out of the land of Canaan, take you into the land of Egypt, the best land into Canaan. What's the name of that? What's the name of that? What's it? Goshen. I'll take you into Goshen, take you into Goshen, and, and, and let all the generations develop. 
be protected. Sometimes when I, I preach this, I, I think about I think about African Americans who were not on this continent. were sold by their brothers. Sold into slavery. Your fathers, your moms and your dads, your forefathers, your moms and your dads who, 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 who picked cotton and did every other ungodly thing. Some of you are so blind you cannot see. My bishop, who happened to be Anglo, my bishop, who is now with the Lord, would tell me, don't forget who you are. While your mothers and fathers and mothers and fathers, fathers, mothers, mothers, mothers were sold for you to be here because God is going to use you. Because he, he would tell us, he would tell us, God is going to use you and the, and the people of your color to save this nation. He believed it so much he died with it. I wonder why so there's such a horrible move by the media and by the government to play the race card over and over again to separate us. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. And using the circumstances of our coming here generationally, uh, uh, use it against each other. And not in blind to see the hand of God, to see what God has done, the most incredible, most miraculous thing he's, ever, he's done on this continent to take a people that were so disenfranchised and put them in every leading place in, a, in this country, even to let them sit in the number one seat of America. What is wrong with you? Have you lost your mind? Do you not understand this is about more than color? This is a spiritual thing. Haven't we got it yet? Everybody knows if you carry the vengeance of your father's father's father, you are disqualified from God's purpose. Because God's purpose is all the nations of the world. I wonder if you got the courage. To bear what you've been bearing. One, one reason why I love, one reason, of all his faults as a human being, uh, uh, as a preacher, as a pastor, one reason why I love Martin is because he was willing, he was willing, he was willing to bear the pain of the burden of our history without being bitter. So if you go back and look at his dream, it sounds more like the kingdom of God. Black men, white men, Jews and Gentiles, come on, help me out. Protestants and Catholics, one day we'll sit down and, what, what? Sound like the kingdom to me, bro. I, I switch it back to Joseph and you because it is possible, for most of you it's, it's the truth, that in this time right now, God has a major call on your life to use your circumstance and your situation and the pain you've been dealing with to place you in positions. Lord have mercy. 
Will you make his kingdom difference? And save God only knows how many millions. But if you're going to get that wealth, you're going to have to drop that poverty spirit. If you're going to get that wealth, you're going to have to act in like a victim. The minute you start acting like a victim, you're done. You're finished. Because a victim is always trying to get justice. And if you, a victim tries to get justice on his own, that's, a, that's the flesh trying to get even. God don't get even. God makes things right. He makes things right. And if you hear what I'm telling you, then it's possible then you could, might, might see that the call of God in the beginning over you is much more powerful, much, more, much deeper than what you even imagined. And that getting that thing, bringing that thing to light starts with this critical conversation that you need to have with those who have hurt you, who have pained you. This reconciliation. Reconciliation when God takes something that's between two people, he takes that thing out from between them. Now the two can become one. That line, that hatred, that cynicism, that jealousy, that envy, God took that thing from between the two. And Joseph said, I'm your brother. I'm your brother. And they went, what? I'm your brother. It was so heavy until Joseph said, now it's time to go home. Joseph said, I need you to go back and get your daddy. Get my daddy. I ain't seen my daddy in 13 years. Jacob thought Joseph was dead. Don't don't underestimate the power of your call. Many things that were dead for you are going to come back alive again when they hear of what God has done for you. And when Joseph, when, when, when Jacob heard that Joseph was alive, he said, what? Read the scriptures. When they told him the words, he said, tell my father Joseph is alive and tell him I'm the vice, I'm the viceroy of Egypt. And they told him, and he just went, no, 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 no. Sometimes you've been bearing bad news for so long, you don't want to let the good news in. And the Bible says, and then show him, because Joseph sent them back. You know, I told you last week, I want you to bring everybody. Bring all them, mom and all, mom and them, all them. Bring them all. Cousins, uncles, nephews, nieces, brothers, sisters. Bring them all. Bring the cattle. Bring everything you own. And that, I, I tell you what, when you go, Joseph, get all them gold wagons, line them up, and follow them home. I don't want them riding on horses. I want them riding in Mercedes Benz all the way back here to Egypt. You understand what I'm trying to say? When they saw the wagons and all of the tools and all, he was like, this man who was about to die, he said, he said, oh, oh. He started to say, oh. He's the big one. It's coming. Instead, he said, oh, I guess I'll, 
I'll go back and see Joseph, and then I'll lay my head down and die. They put everybody in those wagons. Do you remember what kind of trip that was? Hey, 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 hey. Can you imagine what they was doing in them wagons? But, oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, on them camels, you're doing, oh, you know. And them wagons, you're like, Man, shoot. They got gold. They got robes. They sent clothes. I think it's in Benjamin. He gave him several sets of clothes to change. Out of their uh, misery, God saves them. Out of their certain death, God moves them. Brings them back to Egypt. Joseph sees them coming from miles off. <laughs> They're coming. He prepares a mighty uh, reception for his daddy and his family. And he can do it because he's the viceroy of Egypt. If he puts on a party, trust me, it's a party hearty. You understand what I'm saying? They got to the entrance of Egypt, and, and Joseph who's second in control of Pharaoh, gets down from his chariot, runs to his father. The Bible says there they embraced a long time. Lord have mercy. Can you imagine the brothers looking on all the wives, all the cousins, the babies? This is yeah, and we're going to be saved. No matter what's coming, we've got three more years of this, and we're going to be saved. It's kind of the attitude God wants with the church right now, because there's some hell coming. But if we do right, and we'll get this right, have these critical conversations, we're going to be saved. Look at your name, so we're going to be all right. If we do what God wants. I think the way I want to stop is simply by, by saying to you that Mm -hmm. An encounter is facing your pain. Facing your wrongdoing. Do not let the, 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 the sting and the bitterness of sin, don't let it keep you from the glory, from the peace that God will give you within when you have that critical conversation and when you walk into that encounter, some of you just have what you need. That's what God wants to do with you. Only way you can get rid of that which has been plaguing you, you got to face it. Okay, he's talking to you. I saw, I saw that. Tell your neighbor, he's talking to you. You got to face that thing. You got to face that sin. You got to face that, that foul attitude. You got to face those actions, those you got to face it. You got to confess it. Get it out of your life. That's why we have been preparing for this detox. Because God wants you to be able to receive everything He's prepared for you. Say amen. And here is absolutely the last thing I want to say today about this thing. When Jacob 
heard that Joseph was alive. And he dared to believe. Oh God, I've carried death all this time. I carried death all this time. And now life has come. He just before God, he was, oh God, could it be? Could it be? Honey, I didn't see this the first time, but I kept looking through this, and I found this. It's quite amazing. I'm going to see if I can. I'm working on it right now, sweetheart. We're going to get it right. We're going to get this one right. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm in Genesis chapter 45. Before Joseph, before Jacob got on the, on the wagon to come back, he was faced with something. And this also plays into what we are preparing for. Are you all there? What did you say, baby? Coming come to a brother, yeah, just had so much. To, he just got it so turned around. You know, he got to get it right. It's coming now. I may have to say it, and you all have to find it for me, just because I'm intensely trying to find it. You know how that works, right? So I'll say it. Mm. So when, when, when Jacob heard the news and he got over the initial shock. He said, okay, Lord, uh, just let me go see let me go see him one more time. If I could just see him one more time, then I'll die. It might be 46. Then he says, he says, the Lord, he said, when he got alone with the Lord, he said, now Lord, you know what? I'm about to go back to Egypt and I, I uh, 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 you know, all this is so much, this is so much for me. So the Lord spoke to him and told him, Jacob, don't be afraid. What, what does it say? Here I am. Keep playing. Keep, keep going, Kenny. And he said, he said, God, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. For I will make you what? 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 Keep going. Please go on. Please go on. I, I, I will go down with you to eat. I will do what? And I will do what? Up again. And Joseph will? Keep going. And Jacob rose from Bathsheba and he, the sons, and, and he did what? And give me another one. Give me another verse. I, I, first of all, I did not. Mm -hmm. Give me another verse. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Keep going. Yes. Okay. It, it, it's, skip that whole chapter. Go down to the next one. 47, I think it is. This was so amazing to me. I, it stopped me in my shoes. I said, Lord, really, would you linger this out just for this? I think so. 
I think so. As before, and he said, okay, I'll say it, and you guys will find it. Isn't that horrible? I'm supposed to know it and tell you. So, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. So he's seeking God because all this good news has come, and he's, he's overweight. He's old. He's trying to die. No, no, don't die yet. Get on in the wagon and go on down and see Joe. But then the Bible says, I'm trying to get it out. <laughs> Offer to me a sacrifice. Offer to me a sacrifice. What? Before you go down to Egypt, before I put you in the midst of all this lavish wealth, before I save you in the best land, I want you to give me a sacrificial offering. What is this? 46, what? You mean I jumped over it that quick? Read it, please. Read it. So Israel set out with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to God, to the God of his father, Isaac. Ooh, I'm sorry, I ain't gonna go no further with that. We we'll pick it up next time. But saints, I want you to mull on that, chew on that, like you know cows they ruminate their food. Chew on that. He said, before I take you into all of this, I'm gonna absolutely change your life, your surrounding, everything. I'm putting you in a whole different level. But before before I do that, give me an offering. God to Jacob. Israel. His name is Israel now. Jacob. Jacob is Israel. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Offer me a sacrifice. What? So, Larry, uh, Bishop, I couldn't. I was looking underneath and I was trying to find. So, I just have to say this the way I think, the way I think. Please. Give me a little latitude. This is what I think. I think it's not a stretch to say that Jacob offered God a first fruit before. Oh, God. When, here's why I thought about that. For, for what God was about to bless them, they needed a whole different attitude. And we'll pick that up later. Mm -hmm. You go look at it. Would you do that? Make in your, in your private time. Go check that out. Just look at that thing. Before God take, because I pray, I said, Lord, show me what to do. At this first fruit season is coming up right in the next few weeks. I said, show, show, me what, show me this. And I didn't expect this. I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. So when I read that portion, before, he, before Jacob can enter in to the resurrection of his son, sons, and a whole, all of all that everything that God promised them as a nation, there was something that had to be offered first. 
Okay, we'll stop that right there. We've done enough of that. I want to sit down. Okay, so those of you that are, uh, you, you know what you got to do. You know what you got to do. You know what you haven't done. You know what it is that you need to go do concerning this journey you're on, concerning your family, concerning your situation, your work situation, concerning the pressure you're under, and concerning all the negativity that's come to you. Even those of you that have been had promotion, you know it's promotion, you know it was God. You, you see it differently. Because God wants you in that place displaying his glory. His will. He wants that whole place to see the glory of God. What, are you, what do you need to do? What does the Lord God want you to do? What critical conversation? I think the way I'm going to say this. If you know you're supposed to have this kind of conversation with persons, situations there, I, I simply want you, as an act of faith, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Would you please stand on your feet just out of honor of the word of the Lord that is spoken rightly before you today. I know that I'm to have a, a, that critical kind of conversation. I know God's got me in a situation. I know I got to deal with all of the whatever pain, whatever. Would you please in honor of his word would you simply stand? I know I got this stuff between me and my family. And it's heinous. And you may even hate it. But it's not gone yet. And you know God has his hand on you to do something about it. Stand in that place where you are in the name of Jesus. I want you to stretch your hands as the brothers and sisters to these that are standing and praying for them. And I want you to ask the Lord, empower them, whatever courage, whatever resource, whatever open door, whatever intersection God wants to create, make it happen. Have you got, you got your hands stretched toward them right now? Come on, pray for them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we anticipate the movement into all you've promised us. But we, we take authority now. We recognize we're on the journey. And Father, we will not be silent. But with grace, we will begin, we'll begin those critical conversations. We'll begin to do what you've asked us to do. Thank you for choosing me to be one of those that brings reconciliation, healing, and peace. Thank you for choosing me for the preservation of so many souls. I praise you for it. Thank you, Father, for this position I'm in. I thank you for the way you made me. I thank you for how my, the color of my skin. I thank you for the skills and gifts you've made me, you've given me. 
I do not disdain my person. Lord, you are the one that shaped me, formed me. Now, Father, may I rise to the full call in authority to your, your call and your word. May I rise. I will rise. And I'll be obedient to you. Let Jesus be magnified in all I say and I do. And I'll give you praise. I'll give you thanks. In Jesus' name, somebody said amen.